Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Bottoming. Brendan and I are not experts in mental health, um, so if you need any support, here's some spaces to visit. The first one is Mind Out. You can find them at mindout.org.uk. Switchboard LGBT, and that's switchboard.lgbt. Samaritans, you can find them at samaritans.org. Mind Charity is mind.org.uk. The Calm Zone, and you can find them at thecalmzone.net. And for any support on sexual assault, you can go to the Survivors Trust at thesurvivorstrust.org. This episode comes with a content warning, and there'll be conversations around suicide. Sorted. I, I believe so. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we can see each other's faces today. <laughs> I think it's too bright. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> you don't want to see this. I want to do the light off, you Brendan. Don't want to see that's this. what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, Blair. Oh, look at my body. <laughs> I'd like to keep it on, please. <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> mm. So this is um, the fifth episode, and we're talking about education. 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 But, how have you been? Uh, yeah, fine. It's your birthday. Yeah, you had a birthday. I had a birthday week. Um, I just been at work, mm-hmm. and just, and I hurt myself at the gym, doing a kettlebell class, I had the sore back. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, I'm just like an, an elderly, an elderly human now, so. Yeah. But other than that, I've been fine. Started Russian Doll on Netflix, which is oh yeah, so good. Natasha Leone. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's like all written by women, produced by majority women. Fab. You I can saw tell. It had Amy Poehler. So out. good. So good. You seem to have been watching a lot of films recently. Still. Oh, yeah, I've been plowing through films. Can you ever forgive me? Oh, we saw that together. Yeah, we saw even. that one. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have you seen? I love Melissa McCarthy. Um, Vice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Dick Cheney. Yeah. Uh, can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've been good. Okay, good. What have you been up to? Um, I've been more baking, mm-hmm. bread all the time. Sourdough. 
Well, a sourdough, sourdough starter <laughs> is starting to rise, starting to bubble. Um, and For the benefit of anyone like me that had no idea what a sourdough starter was, I assumed it was a small plate, <laughs> a small plate of food. I had to Google sourdough starter to understand what that was. I'll show you mine downstairs. <laughs> it's like a, a, a jar of bacteria. Yeah, it's alive. Yeah. It smells sour. I thought name. it came with like tomatoes or like a little dressing. Oh, as in, like, starter is in like yeah. a plate of food. Fucking <laughs> yeah. hell. I mean, sourdough starters exist in that form as well. But, um, so yeah, I did that. And uh, so tomorrow I'm going to be baking the, mm-hmm. the, the actual dough. Can't wait, and maybe I'll, I'll I'll show you what it looks like. You not <laughs> show me a loaf. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see yes, please. But also, oh yeah, so I got this um, magazine mm-hmm. from my friend Christian. Mm-hmm. You know Christian. Yeah, fantastic. Um, this was part of a birthday gift, and it's called Positive News. And I feel like I'm doing a reading for like a, a children's <laughs> show. The poses, particularly. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Got my legs crossed. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's called Positive News, and the tagline is the Inspiring Current Affairs magazine. Mm-hmm. But basically, every story in here is positive, and oh. it's really cute. Um, Lizzo is in this. <gasps> in, is in this. Uh, Stop it! Let me issue. see. Let me get to it. If any, if you ever feeling down or just not not too on it, just Spotify Lizzo. You live your absolute best life. She is. You're Lizzo. Your absolute best. Hey, life. <laughs> she's phenomenal. Yes, so the title for that is The Body Positive Rapper Promotes Self-Acceptance. And she looks fabulous. And to top it all off, she plays the flute live. Me and Rachel went to see her, didn't we? Stop it. As well as doing every single thing that she does, she then whipped the flute out. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez Louise. Um, We've got an interview with Liv Little, founder of Galden magazine in here. Someone called Marcus Pibworth, who's a mental health campaigner. Um, Mersal Hediat, founder of Chatterbox. But anyway, yeah, it's all really nice content. Um, it's designed quite nicely. Looks like nice paper. Oh, it smells so good. It looks, it looks good. It smells so good. Um, we gave him a follow on Instagram, FYI. Um, but yeah, so if you want to feel good and just read something that isn't about the negative pol- political climate at the minute. Positive subscribe news. to Positive News, yeah. That's not an ad. There's no endorsement There's there. no endorsement. <laughs> Wish I was saying there was. Um, there's, and then also I got into, back in touch with um, the Southwark Talking Therapies to rearrange something because the lady who I spoke to when I was bottoming, she was trying to like talk me through everything. She left maybe in November time and handed over to this other guy. This is the NHS. NHS. Yeah. Um, and so she was like, I'm leaving, this guy will take over, he'll follow up. And I never really heard from him, so I got in touch this week, because it's been about five months since mm-hmm. I was on the list. Um, so I have a follow-up call this, this week, so hopefully mm-hmm. you should hear something. Um, How have you been besides that? Why do you feel like you need to... What what give you the edge um, to call them back to follow up? I don't know, I think this has been a really, really good um, cathartic thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to talk about everything and um, have other people share their stories as well because it's but I feel like 
I can't forget the reason why I was feeling like that in the first place yeah. back in September. And although I do feel completely different, I just feel like um, I still, there still is work to be done, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I just feel like... Time to address it. Time to address it, yeah. But it's more of a time to address it from a different perspective mm-hmm. as opposed to I need to address it right now, right now, right now. Yeah. It's more like... You're Let's in control be sensible of addressing and it. like hold hold each other's hand and go go somewhere with it. Yeah, um, I'm pleased. Good. More updates next time. Next time. Bartoming, bartoming. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so, hun. Mm-hmm. Education. Oh, oh, education. <laughs> Do you like school? I think I did. Trying to remember <laughs> back to. <laughs> These times, because obviously it was like the seventies when I went to school. Um, it was 18, quite 18, 1874. 1874, yeah, lots of corsets, even for me. Um, bloomers, the lot. Um, there was, yeah, I just can't really remember a lot of detail. Oh. We'll go through some of the, some of the bits that I do remember, which were significant. Um, but I think I enjoyed it at the time. Mm-hmm. What sort of school did you go to? I think I did. It was a Catholic school, initially called... Mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple of years in, it transitioned to uh, Blessed <laughs> Catholic Sports College, specialising in ICT. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Oh, it does, yeah. Yeah. What was yours? I fucking hated school. I really, really hated school. Oh. Um, I was good at it. Yeah. But I just hated it. And looking back, people, when people go, it's the best time, or I wish I could be 13 again. I mean, Never. those. I don't want to be rude, but those kinds of people, they peaked in high school. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like I'm yet to peak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, I hope so. Yeah. I well, just you still need feel to... <laughs> <laughs> What I do know is that I'm better than I was in school. That's but good. I also yeah. hated, hated school. Mm. Um, I just never had a very good time. It was a small group of mates when I was in uh, in school. I'm talking majoritively high school, yeah. Um, so I I went to a Roman Catholic all boys sports college. Um, wow. Yeah. So it was Catholic high school specialist sports college. I think I think that was our title. Yeah. It's just similar. And what made mine fantastic mm-hmm. even better than all of it is Stephen Gerrard had gone there oh please <laughs> so as you can imagine no one knows who that is Matthew as you can imagine every uh, every boy that ever touched <laughs> touched the ball in his life <laughs> wait <laughs> um, thought he also could be the next Stephen Gerrard which, oh, yeah. which made everything so much worse um, I at that point <laughs> didn't enjoy any sort of uh Footballs. Just at that point. Yeah. You tell me you're, you you go do five aside every every week. No. Um yeah, I hate the um people were horrible bastards, so Yeah. But I guess shall we go over some stats because it's clearly the same for a lot of other people as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um especially a lot of other people who identify as LG, LGBT LGBT <laughs> LGBTQ. Um uh, yeah, so some um, some stats on schooling, and this is some Stonewall's uh, school report in 2017. 
nearly half of LGBT pupils, including 64% of trans pupils, are bullied for being LGBT in Britain's schools. This is down for 55% of lesbian, gay and bi pupils who experienced bullying because of their sexual orientation in 2012 and 65% in 2007. So that's, that's fairly positive. It's getting a little I bit mean, better. I mean, yeah, there's a bit of a yeah. decrease. Um, half of LGBT pupils hear homophobic slurs frequently or often at school, down from 7 in 10 in 2012. Just one in five LGBT pupils have been taught about safe sex in relation to same-sex relationships. <sighs> I wish I was at one in five. I've got no clue what I'm doing. Um, more than four in five trans young people have self-harmed, as have three in five lesbian, gay and bi young people who aren't trans. Um, more than two in five trans young people have attempted to take their own life, and one in five lesbian, gay and bi students who aren't trans have done the same. These aren't fantastic, but as a lot of them have said, they are slowly getting better. Yeah. Um, and I think we can maybe get a bit more of an understanding about that with two of the people that we speak to. Absolutely. In this episode as well. Because there are a lot of um, initiatives that are trying to improve those quite drastically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said, obviously, that you flat out hated school. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, do you have any highlights? Anything that you enjoyed? Uh, yeah, okay. So, I was always good at school. Good, like, oh, as, in, as in, like, well-behaved. But also, I was there, I usually got pretty good results as well. Um, I mean, talk about the A star, the A star and RE, yeah, really. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you had that as well. <laughs> that wasn't me being shady. But do you remember the gifted and talented program? Oh, in junior my school, God. I was going to tell you about that. <laughs> so infuriating. You went on it. You were on that. Yeah, you were one of those fucking <laughs> up uptight bitches. Yeah. I was so pissed off about this. So. In in high school, you have gifted and talented, which is basically if you get a great high grades in, this is what infuriated me. It was like the, the basis, so like maybe RE, um, IC, no, not ICT, maths, English, and science. Mm-hmm. I think it was like just those four. You were put in this group that was like gifted and talented. Mm-hmm. They didn't take into consideration A's in arts or drama or anything mm-hmm. like that, which I think they com- they completely should because. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to... Well, I'm not going to say anything like that, but... Um, <laughs> Be a homosexual. But they are, they are just as valid careers in the future. For sure. Yes, yeah, I was just a good all-rounder. Mm-hmm. I was just... <laughs> they call it versatile when you're at school. You kind sure. of, you know, can do it all. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that I, that was a positive. Um, I don't actually have any friendships now that I made at school. Mine were all from college and onwards. Um, mm-hmm. cause a group of people I was friends with in high school, um, they stayed at sixth form and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of this hell place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of drifted apart. Um, but <laughs> all of us came together as a group of friends in year seven, kind of probably knowing, but also not knowing that all of us were gay, went through the whole boys school together. <laughs> Everyone knew that we were gay before we knew. And then, yeah. um, yes, yeah, so went separate ways and everyone's very out and gay now so. what was your favourite subject um I used to love geography <laughs> I've just checked out why <laughs> yeah the I've geography. never heard that before well, I was tell like me why long... what was what was it was just like a long term aim <laughs> at one point I wanted to be a meteorologist a meteorologist yeah I actually wanted to be an Egyptologist at school. <laughs> and then that dream just went out the window. They're not related in any way, but I just thought... No, yeah. but it's that same sort it's of subject. It's an ologist, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I enjoy graphic design as well. Um, you did graphic design in school? Yeah. Funny, funny thing about my geography teacher, she was called Miss... <laughs> no, it's not funny. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like Mrs. Map or something like that, or like Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Tectonic Plate. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. But yeah, actually, one of the biggest, proudest moments I probably got is when I was in the school play in... Um, this was in junior school. <gasps> Up until that point... It was maybe year five or six, and it was a Hans Christian Andersen play, so there was loads of different stories in it. Yeah. And I was chosen to do um, The Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> and you know the story of The Emperor's New Clothes? Mm-hmm. I was the emperor. Oh, wow. And I had to parade around on stage, giving people the impression that I thought I was naked. <gasps> because in the play, you how get sold you, invisible clothes. Like, yeah. And I remember being like, I am going to get an Oscar one day. Like, this is my Aww. moment. Because up until that point, I'd only ever been a narrator. Oh. Because I told you I was I was very gifted in English. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> just for the, record, guys, just for the record, <laughs> Matthew cannot read for shit. The amount of takes we have to do trying to get through these things. Um, you may not believe that I was the accent or whatever, but they were like, you can read. Well, if everyone had the same accent back in your school. Yeah, I can read. Yeah. <laughs> Because reading is what? <laughs> Fundamental. Um, I went to Iceland with school. That was good. With Miss <gasps> in geography. Boom. Fuck there we go. Uh, no, don't fuck. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, but that was my that was my school. Like, whatever. Okay, they're, they're your highlights. Yeah. Speaking of highlights, this just <laughs> rang a bell. I had my first set of highlights in primary school. And, um... <laughs> primary school? Primary school, yeah. I was, How was that allowed? I, I mean, well, they wouldn't get me, they wouldn't take me to school. the door. <laughs> I had a gorgeous bowl cut at the time as well, so it was like, you know when they put the cap on your head and pierce through and drag no, the hair out? Hair out. Oh, I've, yeah, okay, I've seen mm-hmm, it. For the, yeah, like yeah. a swimming cap. Like a swimming cap, yeah. So I had that done, and I had these beautiful, like, thin-rimmed blue glasses. Did you wear an eye patch? <laughs> you no, the kids but there were kids, yeah. Oh. oh, bless them. But no. Um, but I had these gorgeous glasses. I had my... My, my my highlights mm-hmm. all done and <laughs> it was just very naughties that's what it looked mm-hmm. like um dead naughty dead naughty um <laughs> in school i was really average grades wise i was i was b's c's and d's <laughs> apart from in art <laughs> apart from in art okay which i excelled in i was like okay. fab um and that's where I found just my, myself more comfortable, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, when it got to GCSE level in, in art, we'd have, like, these after-school classes and um, the teachers were really fun and they'd, like, have wine with them and stuff and I'd just be looking over, like, oh, I want to be you one day. <laughs> um, oh, I was also in a play. I was the lead mm-hmm. in a play. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was called... So my, my character was called Spats for Letter. And he was American gangster, <clears throat> but he, he's lost all his money. So it sounds like very you. It's very me. All yeah. of that. <laughs> and so this was in year, I think year nine. Do you want to hear my opening line? Go on. You remember it? Yeah, I don't okay. know why. Go on. Um, apologies for any Americans. So I had to have an American accent the entire time. And so picture this. So the stage is blank, the curtains drawn. And I just kind of walk on and I've got an empty packet of chips, but I'm supposed to act like there's some chips in there. So okay. I'm eating chips and just like pacing up and down. And I keep like looking t- 
to the side, seeing the audience and then looking back and then I spot them and I'm like, and then I say, some of the more discerning I use my, oh my God. <laughs> some of the more discerning I use might have already realized that I'm an all time loser. <laughs> that was basically my thing. Like. Yeah. <laughs> It. And what about any low lights? So I, yeah. as I say, went to an old boys' school, mm-hmm. and kids are twats anyway, but boys especially, teenage boys are the worst. Uh, and depending on like, oh, well, was... I went to school with some mean girls though, too. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Whatever was of the moment, and we were in an old, um, an old monastery, our school. So there was like a mix of old and new buildings. <clears throat> so the corridors were about this, about a meter wide. It was a big school as well. It was like, I think, eight to ten classes per year. <clears throat> um, it was busy. You know, you'd walk down the corridor. So the top things that happened, you would be salted. Not not assaulted, salted. So the little sach- sachets of salt from the canteen, people would pour into your hair. This is anyone. This would just be a okay. normal yeah. transfer between classes. Uh, you'd get tied. So that's when someone would run from either behind you or in front of you and drag your tie. So swing off your tie. Oh, yeah. That was so the thing tight that you have to too. cut it off. Yeah. Um, you'd get chalked so people would just carry chalk around and then they'd draw all over the back of your blazer where you didn't see um, you get pocketed as well in the summer so when you just had your shirt on people would run up and then rip your pockets off the front <gasps> of your shirt that's fun no it's not <laughs> <laughs> like it only ever happened to me once but oh, I was just God. like because I, I was always like just you're all so filthy and horrible yeah. please also for the mums it's like do you know what I mean she oh, can't be spending so much money money on shirts every week mm. So yeah, I, that's my. Oh, and people would throw bottles of Lucas across the yard as well. So you get covered in like sticky juice every break time. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's something new for you. <laughs> um, yeah, we had that. I think. Did you have wedgies at school? Not really. Yeah, they were big for our school. Um, but there was. So I used to hang around with this group of boys, straight boys, called. Um, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. these four boys and we're all kind of good friends we've been friends since like year seven and we're hanging out around all the time and I think you got to like maybe year eight or the end of year seven and we would like sleep over at each other's houses and stuff and it was really cute uh, we'd watch horror films and then one day at school in form they were like oh we need to talk to you um, we don't want to hang around with you anymore <laughs> and I was like what do you mean? And it's like, yeah, we, we just don't want to hang around with you anymore. As a like, group, they did that to you? They did that, yeah, <gasps> as a group. And so I just was like, okay. And just like stood up and what walked... What was the reason? They didn't give me a reason. So I stood up and walked to the other side of the room and uh, went to my friend Rachel and I was just like, they've just said they don't want to be friends with me anymore. Oh. Um, which was really sad. I was, I, was, I was a bit upset about it because obviously... No one likes to be rejected. No. Um, especially in, like, a group situation. It wasn't mm. just, like, everyone. But I was a bit of... I was quite a bit a bitchy back then, so I can understand if my energy wasn't quite right for the group. <laughs> <laughs> for instance, so, like, there was a... One of the boys used the word inconspicuous, mm-hmm. and 
I was like, oh, what does inconspicuous mean? And he, they were, these were like smart, smart boys. I was going to say he was getting A's, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's maybe why and they, they didn't want you in the group. With, they would get A's without even trying. <laughs> Don't you dare. You'd have been on their side. You would have been on their side. Brendan Week yeah. wasn't around anymore. So. Your grade point average isn't up to, up to scratch, so... <laughs> um, it could have been the reason. Who yeah, knows? Thinking about it now. I mean, think about it, yeah. Reflecting. Um, but yeah, so I, I asked what inconspicuous meant and he said... Oh, it means when something is there, but it's you can't really see it. Oh, it's like, and I was like, oh, so like Mr. <laughs> hair, because he was bald, and he was like, that's really rude. You can't say that. It's incredibly rude. I made me feel really guilty about it, and I do feel guilty about it. I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> but oh, as a kid, you know what? What else do you know? Humor. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> I don't want to use inconspicuous. Like properly as a child? Are you kidding? No. They sound a bit wanky, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, they were. But from that, I found obviously a really cool group of friends mm-hmm. that we, yeah, we were able to hang around with. And uh, a couple of years later, we went to this um, parish retreat in Alton, which is where Alton Towers is, and uh, we stayed over. And anyway, one of the first days we got there. Um, we were in the garden of the the building and um, all of the kids that had, like, dyed hair, skinny jeans and, like, bright <laughs> colours, me being one of them, um, were in one corner of the, the grass and then, the, I'm going to say, well, the tracksuit wearers were on the other side of the field and there was lots of pear trees around and, anyway, they picked up all of the fallen <laughs> pears and basically stoned us. They They... <laughs> Through the pairs constantly as, and we didn't have anywhere to run. So <laughs> we just had to just stand there trying to dodge pairs. How? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that leads us quite nicely on to <laughs> the next topic. Oh, sure. Yeah. Bullying. B- actual bullying. Yeah. 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 This um, was this was just <laughs> light-hearted. Light-hearted. <laughs> sure. You know, take a pair, make a pie situation. <laughs> Did you have? experiences of bullying at school um for being gay well or just in general yeah um like i said before like i'd have people make fun of my different hairstyles Mm -hmm. there was one in particular where i had the the squares shaved out of the side and someone said it looked like i'd had brain surgery but that also included a teacher so um but those didn't really affect me i didn't really Mm -hmm. affect by name calling it never Mm -hmm. really did anything um but but obviously it's incredibly like it's it's awful and it can make people feel really shit about themselves but i wasn't the type of person to take on that i think because of stuff um that i was handling at home i think it perspective wise it didn't mean anything um but in terms of being gay so when i was in year seven boys would like there was this particular pair of boys that would ask me if i was gay but while they were asking me if I was gay, they'd be touching each other <laughs> and have their hands down each other's trousers and kiss each other. But it's almost like I wasn't there. So they'd be like doing this and I'd be like, no, I'm not gay. But then stay and watch. I'd be like, <laughs> and just, <laughs> it was a really weird situation. It's just like, I don't understand. I couldn't tell you why. I mean, apparently they're both straight now and this they, they still were during school, but they were using their affection to make me come out in a way yeah um which was really 
bizarre. Bizarre, because also it was like a trend in my school, I think, because there was other straight boys that would sit in class and just hold each other's penises. <laughs> I remember being in a, mu- in a music class, which, and um, the music teacher at the front would be like, get your hand out of each other's trousers. What? And which is kind of like, I was pissed off because they're making being gay sound like because um, obviously they'd use the word and stuff as it being shit, as everyone would in school. Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't be gay, but be doing gay things. And I'd be up at the back like, why can't I play? And... <laughs> but but they wouldn't actually be... Do you know what I mean? Mm. That frustrated me. Um, but that's the only... The main, mm. the main things, really, I think, yeah. How about you? I had this one piece of shit that followed me from from infant school we went to that we were in all of the same schools what a person yeah his name was wow he was a nasty bastard um, and it was a shame because he had a really nice nan he lived with his nan <laughs> it was, okay because you just get to like your parents get to know parents don't they but he had a really really nice nan but he was a nasty little shit um, and I was a few times and we had to go to school and stuff about him and then we went to I don't even know what it was. He just he just took a dislike to me like early on, mm. um, and then as I got to like high school, obviously everyone starts to hit puberty at different levels, and he he hit puberty pretty hard, and like became a little bit of a meathead <laughs> just like overnight, <laughs> um, and then he obviously he kind of he he was in one of the lower sets mm. and I think he just he hated school for whatever his own reasons were and just decided to take it out for a variety of reasons on on different people including me yeah um and then as we so the group of five people I told you about before so um some of the names as a, as a community that we were called as a group <laughs> of five people so we were the, we were the queers uh, the fags bum boys um and there was actually I don't know if I could name but there was another person in my group and so there was five of us all together, and what they what other kids would do is they'd be like horrible shits to us as a group. Mm. But then, say like one on one in class, some of them would be like, "Oh, like Matty lad, like why are you hanging around with them? Like you're not gay like them lad." And I'd be like, <laughs> "Can you leave me alone?" That was a really convincing like, straight boy accent. Do you know what I mean? People would always think that I was I was straight and would do that, which made me feel even more because I was like, "Yeah, we're not. I hate you. We're gonna be never gonna be mates." Mm. Um. You should have really owned their nicknames and, like, and be like, headlining tonight, the Bum Boys, <laughs> and, and make some sort of group. I mean, it'd be like, you like queers? Like that, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and the, to be fair, the majority of teachers were would just let it slide as well. Mm. Um, there was only two teachers, really, that that ever did anything about it. Mm-hmm. One of them, she, she was a bore. She was... Um, I think she'd not long qualify maybe when she started because I remember thinking at the time she must have been about 18. Mm-hmm. She was obviously in her 20s and just qualified, but her name was Miss... She was a maths teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to a point, that was maybe like between year 9 and 11, that we made we became friends with her. So like during breaks and stuff, we'd go and sit in a classroom and we'd all like have a big gab and a big bitch, <laughs> which I don't think helped the thing that we were gay in because all the lads fancied it as well. Mm. And then there'd be the five of us like running off every break to go and sit <laughs> with her. Um... There was that, and then the other teacher was Miss. So she was the RE teacher, who as much as I had a Mister RE teacher. So well, Missus was uh, ginger, so Irish, and so had so much powerful energy. Like 
that was one of the classes where I felt legit safe, which is bizarre because of the subject. But that was why I did so well because she was fantastic. Like people were scared of her. She eventually became the deputy head, and then I think the head. Um, but she really loved us as well. She like as much as the topic she was teaching about maybe wasn't that inclusive. She was really great, and the minute she even heard a whisper of anyone, she'd be like. I cannot do the accent, but mm-hmm. she'd be like, you get in there, you get in there, and like would have them, like have their necks. Um, so shout out to Miss because she was good. Um, so there was actually, there was like the general homophobic bullying, like the slurs mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and I remember the one of the worst, and at this point it was fine because I was like, you're a waste of space anyway. Mm-hmm. But it was actually one of the PE teachers. Um, and because we were a sports college, we couldn't drop PE year nine. We had to keep it until year 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so between, I mean, I, I was one of them that had like a letter for not wanting to do PE early on. So I had like, and I, I actually did have something wrong with me. Knee, <laughs> and then I just played on that a lot. Yeah. Like I just used that the whole time. Um, I, I, I don't have a knee. My knee is missing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like inflammation of the kneecap or something that I had. Um, so I just played on that for like the five whole years. But it got to a point in year 10 and 11 when we didn't, choose to do PE but still had the lessons the t- PE teachers would just be like unless you've taken it as a GCSE you can just go and play football and I'm like this is the last thing I ever want to do mm. like I'll do athletics we can go swim anything else but that yeah Um. and this twat was called Mr he was from Manchester he was probably about not that they, I'm just giving you all a visual not that any of these things mean anything but mm-hmm. such a strong Manchester accent Um. probably like five six five seven proper meaty like so so stacked um and it was it was must have been during the winter because we were in we were in one of the indoor halls and everyone was playing football and we were just like sat at the side and he came over and was like like lads are you ever gonna stop being so stupid are you ever gonna do this and we were like well we've got about four months left of school i think we could like we've all forgot our kit sorry we can't do it mm. and he was like you're just wasting my time wasting everyone's time and i was like we were all kind of like, well, we didn't ask to be here. Mm. I could be doing other stuff for one of the other lessons that I've chosen. And he was like, you all just need to keep quiet and like stop messing around. And then he came up to another teacher, one of the, the head of PU came in and he was like, what are these doing? Like, why aren't they playing? And he, uh, Mr. <laughs> turned around to us, he was like, well then, the waste of human sperm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> A waste of human God. sperm. He was like, they're just, they're just not, they're just being arseholes. They just don't want to play. And I kind of remember at the time being like, of all of the insults to use, that is one of the most bizarre I have ever heard. Yeah. Being called a waste of human sperm by a teacher. Mm. Um, and at that point, I was like, honestly, you can go and fuck yourself because you're not getting me to... What a dick. ...chase no balls around no room. Lucky now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I couldn't wait to get out of school. Bottoming, bottoming. We are... <laughs> and <laughs> um, so on the topic of bullying we've managed to speak to um alex from the diana award and um, he is going to introduce himself and give you a little bit more information about what they do my name is alex i'm deputy ceo at a charity called the diana award and we are a legacy to princess diana's belief that young people have the power to change the world. So all of our programs are very much about empowering young people to overcome some of the struggles or adversity that they perhaps faced in life, uh, but also to to empower them to help others. And we we do this through through a couple of programs, one of our biggest being an anti-bullying program, which we do in schools across the UK and Ireland. 
Amazing. Sweet. Um, so, I mean, this episode's about education and our experiences and stuff. Um, and obviously anti-bullying is a, is a big thing that maybe we didn't have as much of. I know when I went to school, it wasn't really a big thing. Um, what do you think is the most important aspect of that? And, and how do you go about changing mindsets in schools? Yeah, I think... <laughs> School, school is like such a big part of your life, and 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 we worked out very very early on that you you actually spend eleven thousand hours of your life at school. Oh so, my god, yeah, cool. it's a scary thought, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's a huge amount of time. And actually, if you're a kid who is in school and school is your world because you know you, you spend so much time there, to be made to feel upset unsafe or uncomfortable which is how we describe bullying that can have a really detrimental impact on not only who you are at that time in your life but who you become and studies have shown that actually if you're exposed to bullying behavior uh, at a young age um, you're far more likely as an adult to have poor mental health poor job prospects, uh, lack the ability to trust other adults. And that stems all from your experience at school and the, and the way people treated you. Um, so I think, you know, what, what it made, made me think, particularly because my own experience, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more, is how important it is actually that while you're at school, you, you're, you're given that very clear message that it's not okay to treat people wrong and 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 that no one should have to suffer in silence um Mm -hmm. so one of the things that that i set up um was a a peer support scheme called anti-bullying ambassadors and these are basically young people that have been trained uh to not only learn to stand up for themselves but to stand up for others and what we know about that that that's kind of technique is that you and I think it's a, it's a lesson that that continues into adulthood. But you're you're more likely to take notice of your peers than your parents or your teachers, partly because yeah. they have like a authority tone, I suppose, to them. So this is about empowering young people to be the ones that hopefully shape attitudes and change behaviours. And, and we have a lot of belief in in the power of young people when you give them a responsibility and when you say to them, "Look, tell us how you know we can make the school a safer, better place." they come up with some great answers yeah i mean i think that it makes sense doesn't it you don't want to be told what to do per se by people that maybe don't connect with it at the same level how does the work impact the work that you do so you said um there's the anti-bullying program um and then obviously the the ambassador program is anything else that you do uh, yeah, so um, I, I think a, a, a big bit of, of our work is, is training up kids to be the ambassadors. Um, we, we've just started. Um, the, the idea of anti-bullying ambassadors is that they tackle all types of damaging bullying behaviour, and that includes things like racism, um, homophobic, biphobic, transphobic bullying, um, cyber bullying. So you know, it's very much like we're not saying like any particularly particular bullying is is you know more important than the others um mm-hmm. and um the idea is that, that the kids will tackle all of it but we've also just recently started a project with the government which is solely focused on um, um homophobic biphobic transphobic bullying and that i think is really really important partly because it was something that affected me at school um the way that my peers 
you know, perhaps use language to, yeah. uh, you know, homophobic language to like say that things were rubbish. Um, mm. And I, and I, you know, it's, it sounds funny, but like when when you're the kid in the class and someone is saying, "My Xbox was being gay last night," or "Homework's gay," actually, that is incredibly damaging to that one yeah. or two, or you know, or more kids in the class that perhaps are questioning their own identity and sexuality, but are all around them are hearing that their peers are associating being gay as being rubbish and, and for me yeah. that was something that was something that you know definitely made me not quite comfortable to be myself in my teenage years because of you know what my my peers were doing so we've got a big focus on, on that but we've also done a lot of partnerships so we've we've partnered with a great musical called jamie um the musical oh, and uh which is really good i recommend everyone going to see that and it, and it is you know it's, it's about really um celebrating difference and and making sure that everyone feels like they belong. And um, we, 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 we try and do as many sort of campaigns as that, partnering with people who can help spread the, the, the message that actually bullying happens, but it shouldn't. And and, and we believe that a, a really, really important part of that solution is getting in there early and, and, and helping kids understand that, um, you know, that they their behaviour and their attitude can have a big impact on others. Yeah. Um, have you seen... Any particular, like any particular stories that maybe you'd want to share, or any themes, or like anything that's quite common, and um, mm. that you've seen when when these programs have have taken place, or when you've trained up an ambassador. Mm. Have you got anything? I don't know. Any big highlights, maybe? Yeah, I think the, the amazing thing is we 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 train so many young people and and when you catch up with them and see what they've achieved that's mm-hmm. always really impressive and and there are some particular stories that stick in my mind um you know you know there's there was a school in, in bedford a high school and um the the young people there recognized that that homophobic bullying was it was a big issue and um you know, there was one. There was one boy actually uh, called Connor who who kind of talked about how because everyone was using homophobic language, his sister like really struggled with him coming out, and that was because of the toxic environment that that, that you know that, that the school was. So they went about it like doing assemblies, speaking about you know how important it is that people can be themselves and uh, they challenge negative language they train the teachers and and that made such a big difference and now there's a real lgbt community at the school where yeah. some students have even sort of you know and announced uh, the fact that they're they're trans and that um you know felt comfortable with that and i think that is really really impressive that that shift in in the culture and, and behavior and that's all come from young people so i think it's stories like that I mean, I I can't imagine going to a school that was like that. Like, I was I was at a pretty big school. It was an all boys school, and like there was nobody openly gay in my year anyway. Like, there was a group of us that were that were and are all out now. But at the time, like the thought of anyone publicly coming out as as gay, never mind. Then there's the the whole idea of being and having to deal with being trans in that as well. Mm. That's just never a space I would ever imagine. Yeah, that could have happened then. <laughs> Um, what have you noticed it does to, to staff maybe? Have you noticed any, I don't know, pushback or any big changes in staff? Because there's obviously a big generational gap in a lot of a lot of teachers. Yes. Um, and that was something I noticed at school and that I, I talk about in the episode as well. Um, 
but have you seen any anything with with staff? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know what? When I think about it, um, like it, it it wasn't that long ago that it was illegal for staff in schools, teachers to even talk about some of this stuff. You know, it was it was it was, it was outlawed. It was against the law. So for me. I, I, you know, I agree with your point. Like when, you know, when, I think when when we were growing up, in particular, there was probably still a lot, a big percentage of staff who weren't even allowed to talk about some of these issues to to children. And um, you know, I think that that's slowly changed. But half of the the, the challenge and, the, and I suppose the battle is is shaping hearts and minds and um I, I think now that there's been a clearer message from government and that we see it more in media i mean there's still a lot more you know, that you know that they that we could do for representation but i think that's that's changing and, and staff feel a little bit more confident with having those conversations um yeah. and, and we're certainly seeing a lot of willingness to to do this because there is a clear message now from the government that uh they need to tackle the, these sort of things so yeah. there's definitely a shift i think I mean that can only make that can only make things better. Like I think it's way, way, way too late still. But obviously, any progress is mm. is good progress. Um, so you, I know you mentioned briefly before um, about your own experiences, but do you think that that kind of ignite something in you to do what you currently do? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think I, I wouldn't wish bullying on anyone, obviously. But um, for me, it has definitely turned into a real passion and a purpose and obviously that came from the pain of being bullied but um it's given me a different perspective in life and it's made me think about trying to do something to change that for others and and i and i'm proud of the fact that there are three thousand schools thirty thousand young people that have been trained as anti-bullying ambassadors and a lot of them are doing things that are that are doing things that actually would have made such a big difference for mm-hmm. me when I was at school. If I'd had someone I could go to, if I had a role model that said they were gay, or if I had, you know, a clear message that bullying wasn't going to be tolerated at, at, at my school, that would have made a big, big difference. And I, and I think we've come along, we've come a long way. And, and for one of the probably the proudest things. Um, that, that, that I'm proud of at, at the Diana Award is being part of uh, an event where a member of the royal family, um, you know, kind of did did the did the first LGBT uh, workshop, and, and and we did that with Prince William, and, and and Prince William from that met some some young people that had um, struggled with uh, homophobic abuse, and and, it, and he's he's gone on to to really take up this issue and, and do a lot of work around the area. Um, and I think that's an important part of it. You know, we're not going to, it's not down to charities alone. It's not down to the royalty, you know, royal family, or they've done a lot of great work with mental health. It, it's got to be government. It's got to be schools. It's got to be the public. And um, that that's the way to, to, to change attitudes. Um, yeah. Because, you know, being, being bullied at school, it definitely made me feel shy it made me feel depressed and uh, it affected my mental health and we know bullying is a big contribution to poor mental health so we've still got a long way to go i think to to ensure all schools take this really seriously yeah do you think it affected you kind of when you left the education system as well do you think it impacted you kind of longer term yeah i, th- I think it did uh, you know in the, in the in the years after I, there was always definitely part of me that wondered about being myself you know even wondered about you know being uh out you know uh definitely you know 
because because I'd seen discrimination towards individuals that you know that, that were gay or, or lesbian or trans. So I, th- I think it th- those those early years in in school definitely uh, has has a big impact on, on how you conduct yourself in later life. And you know, I, I didn't come out to um, well, you know. You, I think typically because of the society, you're always coming out because everyone presumes you're straight and everyone talks about, do you have a girlfriend? Never, you know, do you have a boyfriend? But, but I didn't, because of the way I was treated at school, I didn't, I didn't come out for, you know, till I was in my, in my mid twenties. And I think that is simply because of how toxic my school was towards, um, Toward you know towards sexuality and 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 it, it definitely still lives with you and stays with you in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I think people just think it's like the odd word or two, but when it's yeah. that ingrained in you, there's just you can't shake it. No matter what age you get to, it still is in there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So we actually did some research for Anti Bullying Week, which happens every week in November. And uh, we found that nearly half of young people have heard their friends use language that's discriminatory or, or or negative towards being lgbtq plus uh again like nearly half of young people heard their friends use language that is uh negative about race or skin color which was something that for me affected me at school um and this this was a big start actually our research in Antibullying Week found that 58% of young people say their school has never taught them uh, about LGBTQ plus uh, lessons or issues. And I think, you know, that is still worrying that kids yeah. Yeah. could go through school and, and, and not have any awareness of things that they're obviously going to encounter in the workplace, you know, in public, online, and actually, it would be great if they were were taught about that much earlier so that actually they understood some of those issues because not only could it be uh, an issue that affects them, but it, obviously it could affect the people they love, the people they work with, and um, they've got no awareness of that. Yeah, absolutely. Bartoming, Bartoming, we are... <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny that you mentioned um, that one sports teacher because, and also going in on um, uh, lunch breaks and stuff, because I had a teacher called Miss and like the cap, like the cap during around the same time. So like year GCSEs, 10, 11, whatever, um, we'd go into hers at lunch break and have a little gossip. And she was the teacher that also said about my, um, about me looking like I've been in surgery, my haircut. <laughs> Um, but I took it from her because she was a gal pal, you know, yeah. gal, pal. Um, gal pal, Rachel Green. Um, but I think what's important to say is, um, apart from that, there was no, uh, there were no role models or visions of who you could be as if you were LGBTQ. Um, and it was never kind of like an option or, uh, a thing on the menu. I think primarily because we were a Catholic school and probably same for you as well. Um, do you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it was the same in my school. There was only the one, one. I mean, one or two teachers that were maybe more supportive, um, like explicitly supportive and mm. knew, probably knew just by looking at us as a group that we were not the same as the rest of the boys. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but I reckon that the reason that maybe the case is because we were still 
living in the aftermath of Section 28. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have will have heard about that and may know what it is, but just to sum that up, um, Section 28 was a local government act uh, brought in in 1988 um, by the Conservative Party led by Margaret Thatcher. It um, prohibited local authorities from promoting homosexuality or gay pretended family relationships and prevented councils spending money on any educational materials and projects perceived to promote a gay lifestyle. Um, and this lasted for 15 years. It was only removed from law in 2003. So we'll have been brought up in that in that mm. time. Yeah. And just because it's removed from law doesn't then mean that the next day everything is flourishing again. There's still yeah. places that have no sort of um, LGBT education. I am not that quiet about my dislike for um Margaret Thatcher and the Conservative Party mm-hmm. especially at that time um but the one phrase that I always always remember after seeing the video years ago so after winning the 1987 election um she denounced local education authorities for teaching children that they had an inalienable right to be gay and then that then led on to section 28 um coming into play and being voted on um, until, yeah, eventually being voted out um, in 2003. So I think a lot of the teachers that we'll have had, especially at high school, will mm-hmm. have been teachers during that period. Mm-hmm. And 15 years is potentially all of their teaching career. Mm-hmm. So they won't have known any anything else if they didn't have anyone in their own lives to kind of relate to. Mm-hmm. They're not. It's not going to mean anything to them. They're not going to see the significance of then having to try and try and fix the problem that was was the lack of any education in school. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think combining that and also the lack of role models, it's it kind of was probably a very common experience for a lot of LGBT people our age and, and definitely older. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just thinking a little bit more positively about it, I do hope that it is getting better now. For sure. Um, so the next person that we're speaking to is Chloe from Diversity Role Models. So again, this is something that I really wish we'd have had grown up um but we will yeah hand over to chloe to do a bit of an intro uh hi my name is chloe davies i am relationship and experience manager for diversity role models um we actively seek to embed inclusion and empathy in the next generation and we do this through storytelling um i'm also a mother of two i have a three-year-old and a one-year-old um and i volunteer for uk Black pride so what sort of stuff do diversity role models do? And kind of, can you give us a little explanation of why it's so important um, to be going into schools and, and using the platform to educate children? Yeah, so we um, we help create safe spaces where young people can explore their difference and consider the roles in life and, and actually understand language, understand what each other's differences are. You know, we go into schools and we teach not only pupils, but parents, teachers and governors. So, um, you know, we understand that the start and the stop doesn't just mean pupils. It's when you're at home and also when you're at school. So we start from five with young children. We talk about what does difference actually mean what does a family look like you know what what is love to you and help us draw that um and we discuss it together as we as we go through the years and we get a little bit older and we start dealing you know with year nines and upwards we're having more explorative conversations around actually what what does gender identity really look like what does it mean let's understand 
what some definitions and some stereotypes are. Let's understand language and how we describe different parts of LGBT plus, but also what does difference mean in terms of race, in terms of religion, um, in terms of faith? You know, there are many different layers to that. And we try to explore as many as we possibly can um, in, in as many different ways with children. I mean, I know that's something on a personal level that I can't even have imagined being a thing when I was at school. Um, and I imagine a lot of people, both like our age, mm. I imagine your age, I imagine kind of there's so many people, this is such a, a new thing to to be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing, have you seen positive impact from it? Um, and kind of maybe not even for you, you guys as a, as, as a team, or people yeah. into schools and also the people that are on the receiving end of, of it all. I mean, for, for us this year, you know, we're coming up to a pretty amazing milestone for us at some point later on towards the end of March, April. Um, I think, you know, definitely March, we will have uh, delivered training to over 100,000 pupils. Wow. Um, so that's in, you know, that's in eight years, but that's an amazing achievement in eight years. And, and we just want to continue to grow. This didn't exist eight years ago. So for people that are in our generation, I mean, I know when I was growing up, I didn't have any role models as such like this that were people that looked like me that I felt seen. You know, I had to go and I had to find those relationships elsewhere and outside because they didn't exist in my everyday society, everyday school life. That I found that in my friendships. I, I, I found that in different people that I bonded with outside of curriculum. And, you know, that that's really where it starts um so we're you know if we can start it there and actually change and you know adapt mindsets based on education and understanding then it will make positive change for the future um so in response to your question of you know it didn't exist and so it can only be more positive because i imagine that you know now, after seeing 100,000 in eight years, how many more children can we see now that people know that we exist? Mm-hmm. Um, and for people that want to get involved, because I know there's the role model program, obviously, where mm-hmm. going to schools, how do, um, how do they go about that and what's the process? Um, so uh, we have a lovely website, www.diversityrolemodels.org. Um, just click the volunteer page if you'd like to volunteer with us. There are many different ways that you can do that, whether it's you want to become a role model yourself, possibly a facilitator to help facilitate workshops. Uh, if you want to volunteer for a number of the events that we might do throughout the year, bucket shakes, you know, we um, have a lot of people that do charity marathon runs for us and some fundraising. But also, um, is there a skill that you have that's office-based or professional-based? Because we're a very small charity, you know, we're a team of nine that's only growing quite smallly. Um, and so, you know, from that perspective, any help that's to help support our mission is always greatly appreciated. So, um, yeah, check out the website. But um, there are many, many different ways. You know, it, we love our role models. They are our family. They're our base. And they continue to tell their stories in schools. And, you know, we, we have over 470 role models around the country now. So, um that can only ever continue to grow there can only continue to ever be so many more diverse stories because no one story is ever the same um and 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 that's fantastic because no one child is ever the same can you think of maybe the the biggest or the, the story that stuck with you the most i imagine there's hundreds of them 
for is one that you'd maybe hope to do well? Um, I, you know, I, I, I think the one that's the most poignant is how we got here in the first place. Um, you know, a young man who had uh, been on a school trip and when the teachers all went to, um, off to bed, all the children decided to play spin bottle and he was dared to kiss another boy, um, which he did. And, you know, we don't actually know his orientation. Um, but what we do know is that a photograph was taken and when they went back to school, um, you know, now they would call it banter. But yeah. um, it didn't feel like banter and, you know, the teachers didn't really step in and intervene. His parents didn't really know how to help and he felt that his only choice was to take his life and out of that that's how diversity role models was born um unfortunately his father was um so overcome by what had happened that he also took his life um and so if i think about you know the amazing wonderful stories of of hope and stories of understanding and education that have happened over the years. Um, it's remembering why we started in the first place and why we must continue to carry on um, so that there are no more children that feel like Dominic. I've been there myself, unfortunately, um, and I had a family member that took his life when I was 14. I understand um, the impact not only of the person that you lose, but the family that's left behind, um, you know, and the the knock-on effect of that, you know, I'm I'm still dealing with that today. You know, I have days where my mental health is not okay because of my own experiences. And so if we can try and prepare and protect our children as long as we possibly can, um, then that's why the work is so important. Yeah. I mean, I think, as you mentioned before, what we'd maybe class as like banter today, mm. and I'm sure we've all had experiences, and we're probably going to talk about them in the episode as well, but we've mm. all had experiences where it hasn't been, it's been shit in school. Mm. And you think there's so many people who just managed to get through it, but there's also a huge number of people that don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, and... I guess the, the it's not even the, the other side of what the story you've just told us is that it has kind of acted as the catalyst to absolutely this to make all of this fantastic change. Mm. Absolutely. Um, okay, and do you wanna maybe I mean you've just gone into your own experiences a little bit with us, um but as a as a parent yourself, mm-hmm. um You've gone through. You've gone through school, so you've you've had that side of it. <laughs> yeah. As a, as a kind of, what are your thoughts on on school now, and your kind of hopes and stuff for your children? Um, I, I guess I'm. When I think about the experiences that I'm going through now, my eldest son Miles is at nursery, um, and what that experience is like for him, I. I'm actually really hopeful. You know, I uh, went to a very good school um, and I I had a teacher who took me under her wing and I flourished. And so, 
now, especially when I think about the demand that we put on our teachers, it's what we need to do to help to support them. And my son's nursery is a perfect example. My son Miles is amazingly gifted music is his first language but actually in terms of how society views where he should be in his development he's behind and I I cannot thank the staff enough for how far they're prepared to go to make sure that he feels included and part of their class Um, and he absolutely loves his teacher I mean we have a home visit and you know he's crying at the door because he didn't want her to go Um, so whatever we can possibly do to support that um, I think is so necessary and so I'm I'm hopeful um, that that actually as children are going through education system today that actually there's a lot more available we're not just you know I'm, I'm I, I won't say my full age but um you know we didn't have as many elective classes when I went to school as they do now you know there wasn't there wasn't stop laughing there wasn't um you know a a and a star and you know as programs and there weren't additional add-ons that you could do if you weren't necessarily academic but you were more of a designer creative focus you know they i think as i was leaving that was just coming in and so for you know for someone like me where i was creative you know business studies was a thing for me design and technology was amazing history and geography i couldn't drop soon enough you know it's um, it, 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 it was compulsory for me. I had to do it and, you know, I didn't like doing it. So I, I didn't necessarily apply myself in the best possible way versus now children, young people are going to schools and, and they're being given opportunities to do things that fit more in line with naturally who they are. Um, and that, that can only ever continue to be positive things. And, um, you know, the after-school programs that, ex- that exist, clubs that exist, you know, creative industries who've decided to facilitate children in, in as many possible ways as they can, you know, and, and charities like ours who understand that actually within the system there are some positive changes that need to be facilitated and, and that's what we try to do. You mentioned Black Pride in your mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah. Do you want to kind of give us a little bit um, share your thoughts on the importance of role models maybe more generally and how Black Pride is Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I am executive officer for UK Black Pride. I work alongside uh, the phenomenal Lady Phil and the rest of the UK Black Pride team who are like my family. Um, you know, I, I, I said it earlier, I didn't have uh, role models as I was growing up and I didn't necessarily see LGBT Uh, people of colour who look like me in the forefront and you know that's what UK Black Pride is there to do is to amplify the voices of people of colour whether you're black, Chinese, Asian and elevating you and them um, together as a family to to have equal space, to have equal rights, to talk about the issues that really matter, you know, to talk about HIV and what it means to be LGBT, POC and an asylum seeker, to celebrate and recognise our histories, but also to continue to fight the movement to occupy equal space in a community at the moment that is 
infighting. So it's incredibly important to have role models in every facet of your life. You know, it, it starts when you're very, very young. I guess your first role models are your parents. Um, and as you grow up, you know, it then becomes the different people that influence your life. As you get older and you become an adult, it becomes more about who you are as a person and how you choose to define yourself and having people that make you feel seen. Um, and I think that's probably one of the most amazing things for me about UK Black Pride is that as a black bisexual mother um, and a woman um, and many other layers to myself, I feel seen and will continue to fight so that other people who look and identify like me can feel the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, Black Pride last year was amazing. It was phenomenal. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was so hot. <laughs> Uh, it was so hot, but um, I don't know if anyone, so we'll probably share this um, when the episode goes out, but the Keep the Noise Up video. Yeah, that'd I, be awesome. It was so, so, so good. Yeah. At the tone, I think, for the rest of the Pride season. Um, You know, it, it was, it, when it dropped, and I, it, it, when it dropped, I think is the best way to say it. <laughs> it's one of those moments where I can remember where I was when I first watched the video and just felt, I mean, even now I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you and I'm getting goosebumps um, yeah. and the hairs on the back of my neck have gone up because it was so powerful to see so much representation, you know, in such a, in such a short amount of time, but that really encompasses what it means to be LGBT POC. Um, and that energy kept going the whole way through. Um, the day was something else, you know. It, it was a beautiful mix. I think as I walked around the park with Phil and, you know, we were uh, seeing as many different people as we could and uh, making sure that the day continues as the best as it possibly can, it was a sea of beautiful melanin but it was also a sea of our allies you know there there weren't just black and brown people there were our white allies there were you know our sisters our trans siblings our non-binary siblings people from Manchester people from Birmingham like it wasn't just the London community, it was our community coming together to celebrate what it means to be part of UK Black Pride and celebrate that with us. Um, and I think that was the most beautiful thing on such a wonderful, warm, hot day. Um, so I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for 2019 for, you know, what we have planned coming up for you all as a community, but also how we can come together again and celebrate and continue to fight together throughout the year, recognising that um, we are not all equal and we're not all free. And the only way that we're going to get there is to do it together. Bottoming, bottoming, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I think could have helped um, with feeling less um, other or strange is... Um, just to cut myself off a little bit, did you have sex education in school? Yeah, it was like one or two videos. Can you remember what the videos were? It was a man and a woman waking up naked in bed. Uh-huh. The man walked to the bathroom yeah. to go to the toilet, and as he walked, it like froze on his on on him on the landing naked. Okay. And it, then it went into like a drawing, and it was like, it told you where all of the organs were. Oh. 
the reproductive organs. So then he went to the bathroom, got back into bed. The woman did the same. Mm-hmm. It like freeze framed, chained into a diagram. Mm-hmm. Was like, and then it kind of explained like during sex, and then essentially it was just like the man and the woman, oh my man and a woman. This is how they have a child, and then the child comes running in, and that was it. Well, that's and then fast. There wasn't even a banana. No, I mean, that, that was kind of... The, you know, like the banana and the condom hole, the thing, like, yeah. considering I, I went to... an American. But we went to an all-boys school, and you're not telling kids, <gasps> and telling any boys how to use any, any condoms. Well, like, protection's frowned upon in, in, in Christianity. Yeah, it is, but also it's... Sex education wasn't... It was a compulsory thing still at some stage. Mm. I just don't know what level they probably did it to. But. I think, yeah, just a minimum. Like, this mm. is something this is that i can't remember any kind of sexual education to be honest i think there might have been a video can't tell you what it was but i feel like it was more of a pregnancy video mm-hmm. and like giving birth but i can't remember any type of education to do with sex at all um but i think um when you're a kid obviously there's a lot of stigma to what about gay sex being gay and it's seen as like this really dirty thing um especially in the i guess like what you were talking about about section 28 um and i think if there were if they were showing you more of the possibilities um to do with sex and relationships Mm -hmm. and what's possible i think that would have eased a lot of people by just ch- challenging what they think is normal. Yeah. Um, especially... Any, anything other than just a straightforward pregnancy yeah. process mm. would have been beneficial. Yeah. So there's something called the Sex Education Forum or Forum, depending on where you're from, and they are campaigning to achieve quality relationships and sex education for all children and young people. Um and some of the things that they believe, you can go onto their website, which is sexeducationforum.org.uk, to read the entire list. But um, I'm just going to highlight one of them, which is to be positive, inclusive in terms of gender, sexual orientation, disability, ethnicity, culture, age, religion, or belief, and other life experience, particularly HIV status and pregnancy, which I think would have been mm-hmm. would be super fantastic. And yeah. um, I know that there was a debate about it last year, I think, which... Um, Stonewall asked um, loads of people to sign a petition for. Um, I need to research the update on that, but I know that um, they are working with schools currently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just go online and search sexeducationforum.org.uk. Bartoming, Bartoming, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to end. I just wanted to, before we just go into the uh, what people, other people's experiences were, <laughs> I have a present for you. So, <laughs> when I was cleaning out my room yesterday, I found two things that were relevant to what we're doing. So first I found a, a handmade um, thing <laughs> called This Is My Life. And I made it at the age of nine. Um, and it has a couple of chapters, but one of the things that it touches on from last week is chapter three, religion. Oh. Um, and I drew the Noah's Ark destruction. Oh, oh, you did say you like to... I did like to draw, <laughs> draw catastrophic events. <laughs> yeah, so there's lots of rain, lots of thunder, people on buildings, like, ah. screaming help. Um, my favourite story is Noah 
of Ark. I've got the book of Noah's Ark. I read a bit every night. I read a bit every night. It's the best. My favourite miracle is when he fed the 5,000. Did Noah feed 5,000 people? I don't think it's related. Okay. (laughs) And then I also have... um, my Leavers book, so Brenny's Leavers book, um, which has some gorgeous pictures of me oh my God. when oh I was my in God. school and I looked like someone called Elaine. I'm going to post some of these pictures. <laughs> you look like their the parents. That's when I had my blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. Also, I didn't know how to smile for a long time. You just look very nervous and not comfortable with yourself, but that's... It's that's still a good smile. Cute, yeah, it's it? still a good smile. Yeah, I know. You're not. just finding your feet. Um, <laughs> so, we can have a look at that later. Um, <laughs> but do you have any stories from Twitter? Uh, yeah, I've got two. <laughs> so, so, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not actually going to name people because... Just because. Are they filthy? So, I quote, <clears throat> I shat myself at junior school and oh. my mate's mum was one of our dinner ladies and she helped me clean the shit off my legs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Continued. It then goes on to say... Because I, I was like, oh, you know, that was... Thank you, that's a good one. <laughs> and this person said, it became a gift, actually. Anytime I wanted to, I could say... John, remember when your mum wiped my own shit off my ankle? <laughs> so graphic. Um, I pooed myself in nursery as well, to be fair. I think every kid did at some point, didn't they? No. In, in dungarees. No. Mm, it was trapped. <laughs> <laughs> I walked around Woolworths so after school <laughs> with it still in my pants. <laughs> proud <laughs> this one isn't a shit story okay it's a, it's a good story but it's very different so this one says <clears throat> there was one time when i dressed up in my friend's school uniform who went to a totally different school and i pretended to be a pupil there they didn't realize they didn't go until about 3 p.m <laughs> wow. and then when they asked if i went to the school i said no of course i don't <laughs> okay um and then obviously she was escorted out yeah yeah I mean, if you're going to do it, go all the way, you know? Yeah. Get your backstory together. <laughs> get your name Miss, sorted. Me. M- yeah. Nice. <laughs> what are you saying? You know my mum, man. <laughs> How could you forget me? Mama? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we um, would like to say thank you to Chloe and Alex for both being amazing and the amazing work that you're both doing. Oh, you're so incredible. Um, and it was a really fantastic interview with both of you. So if you would like to get in touch with... Um, the Diana Award. It's diana-award.org.uk and you'll find out a little bit more about them there. Um, and for Diversity Role Models, it's diversityrolemodels.org. Gorgeous. Um, and obviously, as always, if you want to send us your stories or um, tell us what we're doing wrong or <laughs> tell us what we're doing right, that'd be even better, um, send us an email to bottomingpodcast at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram at bottomingpod. Um, 
And if you follow and subscribe and like us on your platforms, leave us a little review, please. Oh, dude, that'd if you be like so us. nice. If you don't like us, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah, need to. Keep it to yourselves. <laughs> keep it to yourselves. Thank you. Um, um, okay. We won't tell you what the next episode is because who knows what it could be. <laughs> who knows? We have a feeling. <laughs> it's going to be a big one. Um, but you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.